Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for being here with me on this Friday. We have survived yet another week in Biden's America. Congratulations. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please check me out online. Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. The email account for this program is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. Again, I see them all. I read them all and I might read yours at the end of each show. So you want to sit tight through the end of each show because. You could be next. You could be a superstar. I love hearing from you guys. So keep that up. All right. Today, I want to deal with the latest on the raid on President Trump's private residence and where we are on all of this. Uh, We're going to continue to get into what all of this means because this is a heavy moment for the country, guys. A very heavy moment. Also today, we'll talk with Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida about the raid, which happened in his home state. Also today, the House of Representatives is voting on this monster inflation bill. Uh, We'll talk to him about that. And the literal weaponization of the IRS. You know, we talk about the weaponization of these government agencies like the CDC, like the FBI. In the case of the IRS, we're also talking about the literal weaponization of this agency. The IRS is standing up a literal army of an additional 87,000 new auditors and agents. So when you hear the 87,000 number, that's in addition to the, what, 90,000 that they already have or 100,000 that they already have. So we're talking about a fleet of mm, about 190,000 IRS agents. 
This is more than the Department of Defense, the Department of State, FBI, and Border Patrol combined. They're not out there playing tiddlywinks, guys. They're not going to be contemplating their navels. They're coming after you. But when we talk about weaponization, in the case of the IRS, it is a literal weaponization because that agency has been amassing an arsenal of guns, ammo, and military equipment since 2006. Why? We're going to ask Congressman Donalds all about that. And we've got so much more straight ahead. But first, the Monica Memo. We are now day five of the raid on President Trump. It's hard to believe that this is Friday. This has been going on all week. The raid took place on Monday, They began at 6.30 in the morning. The actual raid started about 9. They were in there for over 9 hours, rummaging through President Trump's personal belongings, the former First Lady's personal belongings, going through her underwear drawer. Come on! Yesterday, the most vicious, radical, and politicized Attorney General we have ever had, Merrick Garland, finally broke his silence. But instead of telling us what's up, he made things worse, a lot worse, by lying about the entire thing. Yesterday's statement was a non-statement. He said a whole lot of nothing, and you know why? Because he can get away with it. Why? Because the ruling class protects each other, and also because they have the protection of the press. So no one questions him. Of course, he bolted before anybody could ask a question, but nobody presses him on this. You don't have any investigative journalism going on apart from a few like Miranda Devine and and Emma Jo Morris at Breitbart. But other than that, nobody's doing this at the New York Times or the Washington Post or Politico. Come on. They're only investigating Donald Trump, not the people who are actually in power right now. So this vicious, radical, and politicized attorney general who is beside himself with revenge fantasies because he never got on the Supreme Court, because Mitch McConnell and the GOP, thank God, stepped up and blocked him, he's full of rage and he's full of vengeance, which is the exact wrong person you want in there as attorney general. Molly Hemingway tweeted yesterday, and I thought this was so right, She tweeted that, uh, you know, Merrick Garland could have done less damage as a Supreme Court justice than he is doing now as attorney general. And I think that's probably true. Although AG is a limited amount of time, thank God, whereas a Supreme Court justice is a lifetime appointment. So uh, I guess six in one, half a dozen in another. But he finally came forward yesterday morning. I tweeted, where's Merrick? Remember the where's Hunter? Where's Merrick? Maybe he saw my tweet because he finally came forward. But instead of telling us the truth about what's going on, he made things worse because he just spun a little tail. He wasn't in front of the podium long, a couple of minutes. But I want to break apart part of what he had to say. So here he is first talking about Uh, unsealing the search warrant for the raid, finding probable cause, and gassing around about the rule of law. Roll it. Good afternoon. Since I became Attorney General, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, 
the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. As if any of these people abide by the rule of law. They just snow you under. They just completely blow smoke in your face about the sanctity of the rule of law while they are violating it all day long, every day. There is not a care in the world from this vicious attorney general about the rule of law. In fact, the exact opposite. They talk a good game about it, but they are abusing it along with their power all day, every day. There is no more rule of law in this country. If they did... The attorney general would be going after Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Mrs. Clinton, James Comey, John Brennan, James Clapper, Sally Yates, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. I mean, I don't have time on this podcast to go through the whole list of names of Democrats who think the right way, but have violated the law and have just skated. Mrs. Clinton is plowing through her third bottle of Chardonnay today, while Donald Trump is dealing with the fallout from this raid on his home, where they literally did go through all of his drawers and went through Melania's lingerie drawer rummaging through everything, leaving these closets a mess. When Donald Trump had been cooperating with the DOJ through this entire process, he had a subpoena, he honored the subpoena, he cooperated with them, he greeted them, he probably brought them some of his famous Diet Coke that he loved so much, made them at home while they were uh, there on site going through things and seeing what they needed to take. And Trump was fine with all of that. And when they were first there and they told him, hey, look, you know, you've got some stuff here that's a bit sensitive. So please put a more sophisticated lock on this, uh, on this material. He did exactly that. The Secret Service was involved. He did everything that they were asking of him. He was abiding by the rule of law. So all of this bullshit from the attorney general about the sanctity of the rule of law is just that. It is bullshit. 
Trump is the one upholding the rule of law. They're tearing him down constantly about being the one that's destroying it. No, the left is all about projection. They are masters of it. Everything they accuse Donald Trump of, everything they accuse all of us of, they themselves are guilty of, period. So make sure that when you listen to Biden and Harris and Garland and the rest of these clowns, your ear is attuned to the projection. Be aware of what you are being fed because they are telling you exactly what they themselves are guilty of. Here is Garland again from yesterday talking about how he personally approved the raid and how he is really personally affronted by the attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and DOJ. Listen. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. So, of course, he ended this whole charade by refusing to take any questions and just bolting from the stage uh, because, of course, he had no intention of answering any questions. That, that's just how they roll, right? Biden does the same thing because Biden is senile and he can't answer any questions. So understand everything with them is inverted. Everything with them is uh, where up should be down and down should be up. It's all confused on purpose. And everything is about projection. When he talks about how he is really taken aback and, and insulted by the criticism being leveled at the DOJ and FBI. Well, if you don't want to be criticized, A.G. Garland, then do your job the proper and honest way, the way it was meant to be, the way our constitutional system is set up where justice is blind and law enforcement should also be blind in every way, including political orientation. 
So if you don't want to be criticized for your bias, your corruption, and and your inability to apply the law equally across the board, well, then do your job the way it was originally intended. How about that for a change? Guys, they are flailing. They're panicked. And, and it all came out last night. So last night... Last night, I went to an event actually for Lee Zeldin, Congressman Lee Zeldin, who is the GOP nominee for governor of New York. He is an extraordinary man. He needs to win in order to save New York State because we're, we're so far gone that all of this is going to be a very, very heavy lift, whether it's nationally or statewide and places like New York. So I went to this event for Lee. I had a great time, always there to support him. And I come back and on TV, now they're talking about the Washington Post has broken the story that they raided him because Donald Trump was holding documents related to our nuclear program. So we are supposed to believe that they thought that President Trump had our most sensitive nuclear secrets, but it still took them a year and a half to go get them. We're also supposed to believe that the most investigated person in the world, maybe ever, absconded from the White House with nuclear secrets. While the FBI arrived at Mar-a-Lago in January and took 15 boxes of stuff, 15 boxes, but they left the nuclear documents, please, they think you're stupid. What's next? They're going to accuse him of hiding nuclear missiles under his bed? Probably. Probably. That'll be what's next. Guys, if this weren't so dangerous, it would be funny. The fact that since June of 2015, when the man came down the escalator and then started to pose a real actual threat to the ruling class and their absolute grip on this country and their absolute grip on absolute power... They have had him under assault. They have had him under attack this entire time. First, they began spying on him in 2016, trying to figure out what he was doing, what he was saying, how big a threat he was. And then they crippled his entire presidency with the Russia hoax. They had him all tied up with the Russia hoax. And then the two fake impeachments. Oh, Donald Trump is a national security threat. No, they are the national security threat. Oh, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. No, they are the threats to democracy. Do you see what I mean about the inversion, the projection that they do? Everything that they accuse him and the rest of us of, they themselves are guilty of. They have been accusing him of being a Putin stooge, a Russian asset, a national security threat, giving away the store to the president of Ukraine. No, no, that's all what they themselves are guilty of. Donald Trump in that call with the Ukrainian president was trying to ask them to do an investigation into the depths of corruption into the Biden crime family. And for that, he got impeached a second time. I mean, they have had this man under assault. He, this is like biblical at this point, guys. Maybe it's been biblical for a while. But Donald Trump, regardless of what you think of him, he is the modern version of the biblical Job. 
He has had every plague come down on his head, courtesy of the deep state. What's next? The swarm of locusts? Probably. And yet the man is still standing, which is a miracle. I keep saying this, but it's true. It blows my mind every time I think about it. I don't know a single person, never mind a political leader, who could have withstood this, this constant, constant assault. And as I said on Wednesday, this is a huge testament to him that he is still standing. He is still fighting back. He is still pushing back. He never breaks. I mean, I don't know how he feels in his personal life on his downtime when the the door closes at night. I don't know how he feels. I don't know how strong he feels. But the fact that publicly he is still ramrod straight and pushing back, that is incredible. He's Superman. And I know he's not perfect. None of us are. But the fact that he has continued to push back on this relentless, vicious assault from these evil people who are seeking to destroy the country and Donald Trump is the one man standing in their way, the fact that he is still out there fighting not just for himself, but for us, for America, that is astonishing. And that is to be applauded. I'm sorry. I I will... I will never apologize for standing up for Donald Trump. Did I agree with everything he did or said? No. But so what? Stop losing the big picture. Stop losing the forest for the trees. They're sending everything against this man for a reason. And if you love this country, you know what that reason is. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, more on this, plus Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida, he will join us, and your emails coming straight up. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
All right. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by Congressman Byron Donalds, who is really one of my favorites. He is just extraordinary. He's going to join us. I want to ask him about the IRS. We'll talk to him about the raid, but I also want to get with him about the IRS uh, because we are talking now about the literal weaponization of the IRS with guns, ammo, military-grade equipment. What is all of that about? Uh, We'll ask him. And Guys, think about this. All of our agencies now that are supposed to be there to serve the American people in in one way or another, they have all been corrupted, they have all been politicized, and now many of them have been weaponized. We talk here about the IRS and the standing army, armed, literally a standing army that's armed. Um in addition to the FBI, which is now completely shot through with corruption and bias, and they're targeting you and me. So the takeover of the two most fearsome agencies in the U.S. government, the ones with the power to put you in prison, take your freedom, bankrupt you, destroy your life, well, now they have been completely taken over and they're targeted to you. That is terrifying. But these other government agencies as well, I mean, I think about the CDC. Yesterday, the CDC, very quietly, under the radar, put out new guidance, basically erasing everything about COVID. So now, social distancing, no, you don't have to do that. Quarantining if you're exposed to COVID, no, you don't have to do that either. And the distinction between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, erased, gone, So it doesn't matter now. We went through all of this. Oh, well, Monica, the virus was much more virulent and strong back in the day, and they had to take these precautions. Well, maybe early on, because it was a novel virus, nobody had ever seen it before. Nobody knew what it was going to do. So maybe early on, some of this stuff could be justified. But two and a half years into this thing, where now it's very clear that none of it mattered, viruses are going to virus so none of, none of this mattered, the six feet. It was all absurd. The mask wearing, absurd, nonsensical, counterproductive in many ways. Where you had the stupid mask on, you're breathing your own CO2 along with all germs and everything else getting you sicker. And if you had COVID and you were wearing a mask, there is a medical argument that you were actually pushing the virus deeper into your system, into your lungs, And all of them knew this from the very beginning. They put a stop to ivermectin and hydroxy and all these other therapeutics that at the very least could have uh, mitigated some of these symptoms, maybe saved some lives. They knew all of this. They blocked it. This is one of the greatest crimes against humanity that we have ever seen in the world. And now the CDC is coming out with, well, you know, all of this stuff is going away. How about all the people who lost their jobs because they wouldn't take the shot? They deserve their jobs back with back pay. How about what's going on right now in the military? Discharging tens of thousands of people who voluntarily stood up to serve their country but didn't want to take the experimental shot and they're being discharged? Oh, hell no. After what the CDC just said yesterday? No, they deserve to remain in the U.S. military, no penalties whatsoever. How about all the the social ostracizing of people who didn't get the jab? How about Joe Biden last year going, oh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated? All lies. All lies. 
And it starts with the evil little garden gnome at the top, Anthony Fauci. All of his compatriots, Deborah Burks, who in her memoir now is admitting to lying to Trump, lying to everybody else to get stuff done in terms of lockdowns, masks, shutting down people's lives, destroying livelihoods, all based on a lie. I'm not saying that the virus wasn't real. The virus was very real. I've had COVID. I know I I had a decent case of it. Fine. It was fine. And I know people who were more vulnerable. A lot of people died. A lot of people got very sick. But you know what? A lot of this was avoidable and they knew it. And that's why we've got to have accountability here on this, guys. We have to. The last two and a half years have been a nightmare. And now we're moving on to other things. We've got a midterm election, very important, and presidential coming up. Two years after that, also critically important. We've got this raid on Donald Trump, skyrocketing inflation, high gas prices. We are in a mess. We've got China breathing down our necks. There are a lot of threats here. But we cannot lose sight of what they put us through for the last two and a half years, all based on a lie. And all geared toward expanding their power and their control. And the bigger point of of all of this COVID nonsense was to condition you to believe that your freedom is selfish. Remember, they couched everything in collectivist terms like good communists would. Oh, wear a mask. You don't want to kill grandma. Don't go to your dying loved one's bedside because you don't want to kill all the senior citizens in there. No, that's our job. By lobbing in a ton of senior citizens into nursing homes, killing them, that's our job. So you don't try it. You don't want to hurt your neighbor now, do you? Do you see how everything they do has an emotional pull to it? They're very smart. They're very clever about this. They know exactly what they're doing. And how they're saying it, of course they do. Nothing with them is a coincidence or a mistake. And when they do make a mistake, they double down and they keep going. This is another reason why they hate Trump. Trump is so much like them in the sense that he just keeps advancing, pushing forward, taking slings and arrows, and he just keeps going because he's got the eye on the bigger prize, which is saving America. You know, people tend to hate the people who are most like them. Oh, what do you mean? I'm nothing like them. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And I don't mean, you know, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here about Trump. But the left sees a lot of themselves in Trump in his fearlessness and his ability just to keep smashing through these concrete walls. They do that all day long to try to make America communist and take away your freedoms. So when they see it in Trump, they really hate it. Because they like to think that they've got the monopoly on that kind of thing. And Trump showed, no, you don't. You really don't. So there's that. But I raised the CDC as a way of saying there has to be accountability here. When the Republicans gain control of Congress in January, and I'm assuming that they will at least get the House And I pray on that. We've got to work 24 hours a day to make that happen. Do not take any of this for granted. Now there are headlines saying, oh, this looks like more of a purple wave than a red wave. So we we may not get what we think we're going to get. 
do not take any of this for granted and do not assume anything. And the Senate could very well stay in Democrat hands, okay? So we've got to make sure that this happens. Assuming, oh, and, and make no assumption that they won't steal these elections because they certainly will try. So we need all hands on deck monitoring these elections, volunteering, volunteering your time, your resources, your expertise, your money, whatever you can do to make sure that these races are clean or as clean as possible. But come January, we need accountability here. If we gain control, there have to be not just investigations into what they inflicted on us for the last two and a half years. I mean, yes, investigations into the Biden crime family, Hunter, uh, you name it. All of that is is legit. The border, uh, the selling of our strategic petroleum reserve to China in the middle of an energy crisis that they created, all of these things need to be investigated. But this COVID response has to be among them. Lives were ruined. People died. People lost their livelihoods. They lost their businesses, which they worked their entire lives for. All of this fallout from a pack of lies needs to be investigated, ventilated, and I use that word on purpose, ventilated, aired out, and prosecuted. We need to see jail time. I'm sorry, but we do. They're going to just say like the CDC did late last night when they put out this new guidance saying none of it matters, social distancing, masking, quarantine, forget about all of it. It's no longer applicable. They think that they're going to do a giant two-and-a-half-year hit-and-run on the U.S. economy and America's workers and citizens and then just move on and pretend like it didn't happen? Oh, hell no. Hell no. The CDC, like the FBI and the IRS, has also been weaponized against us. There needs to be accountability. These agencies are completely out of control. This is what Steve Bannon is constantly talking about. He's exactly right. I did his show War Room Uh, earlier this week. I love that. You should be watching that every day too. Bannon has been at war with the administrative state, the, the rogue bureaucratic state that is accountable to no one and remains in place regardless of who is president. They have enormous power and they are using that power to transform the country and go after you and me and everybody else. It is outrageous It is so far past what the founding fathers designed for this country. It is appalling and disgusting and criminal. It's criminal, and we've got to treat it that way. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to the great congressman for Florida, Byron Donalds. We'll be here. We'll talk to him about the IRS. Also, the vote today on the Orwellian called... Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to put this inflation on steroids. And we'll talk to him about the raid on President Trump. That's all coming up. But first, guys, the recession is here. We've been warning about it for a long time, and now it's here. We've got negative economic growth. The economy is weakening. It is shrinking. And on top of all of it, we've got skyrocketing inflation with consumer prices at a 40-year high. It's really the worst of all worlds. It's stagflation. And we know how painful it's going to be to get out of it. So how are you and your family going to navigate these turbulent economic times? Well, text Monica to 989-898 and get a free information kit on how to diversify and protect your savings with precious metals. 
Now more than ever, we need this. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold Group is your trusted precious metals professionals. And Birch Gold Group is standing by right now to help you make gold, history's most stable asset, part of your portfolio right now. So text Monica to 989-898 and get real help from Birch Gold Group today. Again, text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on how to protect your hard-earned savings with gold. So protect yourself and your family right now. Text MONICA to 989-898 and get some real, free, no-obligation info from the Birch Gold Group. We'll be right back. I am so delighted to be welcoming one of my absolute favorites, Congressman Byron Donalds. He is a Republican representing Florida's 19th district. You can follow him on Twitter at Byron Donalds. Congressman, it's so good to have you here. Welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning to you, too. I am so good, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. And I want to start with... Your reaction, Congressman, to the FBI raid on President Trump, which happened earlier this week in your home state of Florida. Well, I thought it was outrageous. I thought it was atrocious. Um, We've never done nobody's ever raided a former president's home before. Listening to what is here to what appears to be what the National Archives said they wanted. You could have just subpoenaed documents for all that. Um, The FBI raid was completely unnecessary. Uh, sending 30 agents to Mar-a-Lago when he wasn't even there. For what purpose? You would have acted like Tony Montana was still in his house the way they stormed the place. Um, It just doesn't make any sense at all, except when you take a step back and you look at the political narrative in our country. And I hate to say this. I don't really want to say this. But it is clear to me that you have elements of the FBI for many, many years, this version of the Department of Justice, and so many of of these prosecutors all across the country and Democrat politicians who are trying to be the person to get Donald Trump, so to speak. It's, it's ridiculous. It's tiresome. But more often than that, it's, it's destructive to the republic. Like, we can't have a system where the weapons of government are turned on political adversaries or turned on somebody because of what they think or turned on somebody because how they might choose to express themselves publicly. It is wrong. It's destructive to the very fabric of the United States. Um, And this has got to stop. But I'm going to tell you this right now. There are going to be investigations when the Republicans take over after after the November elections. I was going to ask you that, Congressman, because right now Democrats have unified control in Washington. They've got the White House and both houses of Congress that could and probably will uh, very much change come January 1. So to the extent, uh, let us know to the extent that you can make change in terms of what the DOJ and FBI is doing um, in terms of the politicizing of those organizations, which are the nation's premier law enforcement agencies agencies. You cannot have them turned against their fellow citizens. We're already way past that point now, and it's exceedingly dangerous. We cannot continue to go on like this. So once you gain control of the House uh, come January, what can you do? You can hold investigations. You can hold hearings. Is there anything else you can do before 2025 when 
hopefully we take back the White House, to kind of expose the depth of corruption and rot in the FBI and DOJ? And is there anything you can do to begin to try to at least encourage reform of those institutions? Well, one, one thing I want to point out, for all the political prognosticators who are saying that Republicans are only upset because it's Donald Trump, not true. We were just as upset when it was parents who were targeted as domestic terrorists by the FBI and by the Department of Justice. So we were just as upset then as we are now. So it's indicative of what's happening in those agencies. From a practicality standpoint, what can we do in the new house? Everybody knows we'll be able to hold investigations because Kevin McCarthy will be speaker as opposed to Nancy Pelosi. And with Nancy Pelosi, she stopped all this stuff. There were no investigations into the Department of Justice of what was happening to parents. There was no sound investigation. If you still want to go and relitigate January 6th, Nancy Pelosi stopped all that. And she created this Politburo we've been seeing on TV the last couple of months. So we put a stop to all the silliness, actually get down the facts, bringing Merrick Garland in, bringing Chris Ray in, making them have to answer real questions. The other practical thing is because when you control the House of Representatives, you control the purse strings. So if you want to go as far as saying, well, you know what, we're going to start taking a look at different departments in the FBI, and we'll fund this department, but we're not going to fund those other ones, we can do that. And that puts incredible pressure on these agencies to have to reform themselves in a more, in a more expeditious way. Now, just to tell people, when you start withholding funds from agencies, that's going to be a massive political fight. It's going to get ugly. But unfortunately, we're already in an ugly situation. I mean, look at where we are. You know, we can go as far back as what happened to Mike Flynn. You know, Mike Flynn, they basically trotted into his house. He opened the door for them, and they basically were in this mode of trying to entrap him. Then they put the entire weight of the federal government against his family and his family resources. What normal person wouldn't relent in the face of this, of this kind of, 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 of albatross? And so I think it's important that we get these agencies under control. They have to be just bipartisan, nonpartisan, investigative agencies that follow the law. No more, no less. And it can't be a situation where they're going to be like, I want to get this person. So I'm going to just turn over any stone necessary to find something to get this person. And that's the problem we have right now with the Department of Justice and the FBI. Yeah, indeed. But, you know, this has been going on for decades and the corruption runs so deep, Congressman, that this is going to be a very heavy lift to turn it around. And that's why some people are saying, look, the the FBI and to some extent the DOJ is unsalvageable. There's nothing redeemable here. So we're going to have to raise it to the ground and start over. Are you are you among those who believe that we just have to, like, basically burn it all to the ground and begin again? No, I'm not there. And the reason why is because, and and let me take a step back. There are many other agencies that need serious reform. Every agency in Washington needs serious reform, not just these two. But what we have to do is go through the systematic work of finding the parts of these agencies that are salvageable. That's what you keep. If you have to unwind other pieces, then you go ahead and do that. But the other part is, and this is a, a political point, You have to do it in a way where the American people can see the work, where they're like, okay, I'm on board for this. It's going to make things better. If we follow the path of the radical left, which is defund this, defund that, shut that down, close this off, then people will reject it the same way 
Americans have rejected this defunding of the police nonsense. I think we have to do it in a very systematic and detailed way. The American people have to see every step of the way. That's the way that the American people will buy into the necessary changes you make in these agencies. Is there the political will on the GOP side to do what you're describing, Congressman? And I know come January, assuming that we do regain control of the House, at least, that you will be joined by a lot of fellow America First candidates who are running. So you will have a lot of backup on this. But in terms of the leadership, uh, Kevin McCarthy and others, is there the political will? Because you're exactly right. The press and the left will be all over you like a cheap suit. Uh, attacking you for defunding the FBI and so on. Is there the will to stand up and pursue this and stick to it until it's done? Um, I hope so. I'm not going to speak for anybody, any of the other members. I know we have a lot of members who who think the way I think on this matter. Um, You are right about the new members that are running who are going to help us take back the House. Uh, The vast majority of them support America First policies, and I can't wait for them to get up here on Capitol Hill. But it's going to be our job to have real candid conversations with our leadership and say, look, this is where we want to go as a conference. And um, I intend to be a part of that. Yes. Well, you're certainly a a big leader in all of these efforts, Congressman. We're talking to Congressman Byron Donalds. He's Republican of Florida, and you can follow him on Twitter at Byron Donalds. Um, Congressman, let's talk about the big vote that's going to happen today in the House of Representatives. And it is the vote for this riot of massive new government spending, massive new taxes, green energy boondoggles. This vote is going down today. Uh, Can you tell us how many of your Republican colleagues might join the Democrats to vote for this monstrosity? Or is the Republican Congress pretty uh, conference pretty united in opposing this thing? From what I hear, the conference is united. I don't think we're going to have any defections. Thank God. Um, If you can't stand against this bill, then I don't really know what what you're doing. Look, this bill is atrocious, Monica. I think it's been litigated now because people have had a chance to see what's in the bill. And it's just it's it's God awful. We know about the 87,000 IRS agents. We know about the new taxes on natural gas. We know about the the 300 plus billion dollars going to the to the Green New Deal or what I prefer to call it is the 19 year old version of the Green New Deal. That's what this is. This is the, the 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 older teenager version, not the full adult version, but it's a big chunk of it. But there's a piece in here most small business owners don't know about. This bill limits your ability to to expense items against your tax liability. So this is actually a tax increase on small business owners all across the country. That's in this bill. You know, you have Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire. She voted for this bill. Raphael Warnock in Georgia, he voted for this bill. Bennett in Colorado, Mark Kelly in Arizona, Castro in Nevada. These U.S. senators in those states voted to increase taxes on small business owners in the middle of a recession. Insane policy. And the only reason why they did that is because Kirsten Sinema wasn't going to vote for increase in carried interest taxes. This is what the Democrats did in the dead of night at the beginning of the August recess. The American voters need to know this, specifically people who were voting in these states like I just talked about who have U.S. Senate elections this fall and their Democrat senator voted to increase taxes on small business owners in, in, in conjunction with all of the other tax increases that they voted for in the beginning of a recession. 
It really is unbelievable. And we need to get this message out, especially for those vulnerable Democrats running both for House seats and for Senate seats. You're exactly right, Congressman. You know, you mentioned tax enforcement. This bill has $80 billion going to the IRS, $80 billion additional dollars going to the IRS. I was at the Treasury Department for two years. The IRS is under that rubric of Treasury. The IRS has plenty of agents. They don't need 87,000 new additional agents. And in fact, there's a former IRS commissioner who's on the record recently saying $80 billion you know, that, that, I don't know what the IRS is going to do with that much money. That is a heck of a lot of money, indeed. Well, now we know what they're going to do with all this money. They're going to stand up this, this army that apparently is literally weaponized, Congressman, with guns and ammo and military equipment. What on earth is going on with the IRS where they need weapons? Look, I'm going to tell the American people this very, very clear. If you live in one of those states, you know what to do come this November. But let's be very clear. That many agents with guns and weapons, that's not to make the rich pay their fair share. That's to make everybody else pay their quote-unquote fair share. There's not one person in the United States who understands the entire United States tax code. Not one. What happens with a lot of these, these audits that exist right now, they're on middle-class families, they're on small business owners because they took a deduction that they probably shouldn't have taken because they didn't understand what that line fully meant. And so the IRS audits that stuff. The, the rich largely pay their taxes and move on because they don't want to hire more tax accountants. They're like, you know, forget it. I don't want to go through a big audit. Just pay them what they owe. You know, pay, me, pay what I owe them, maybe give them a little bit more, but I want to get in and get out. What happens is the IRS comes after the rest of America to get all the money. And the reason why the left has to weaponize the IRS like this is because they cannot pay for their crazy agenda without everybody's money. So we've been saying for years, you've got to be careful of these agencies. Don't let them stand up like this. They're going to come after middle class America. The left was like, oh, no, 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 no. We only want the rich. That is a lie. They want everybody. And if we go back in history, when the 16th Amendment was passed, Woodrow Wilson, who was the first progressive Marxist president the United States ever had, he said when they passed the 16th Amendment, this is only to get money from the rich. Well, look what's happened to the income tax in the United States of America. It gets money from everybody. Same thing here. And for the people who were who were concerned and very scared about the U.S. Treasury being able to look into your bank account, what do you think all these agents are there for? They may not look into your bank account, but they're going to be looking into your tax returns to come get money that they think is owed them. This is outrageous. And so once again, look, in in Pennsylvania, if you think this knucklehead John Fetterman wouldn't vote for this bill, Pennsylvania, he would vote to raise your taxes. He would vote to increase the cost of energy on you, and he would not blink an eye. Pennsylvania, do not vote for that fool. You need to go vote for Dr. Oz. Absolutely. I mean, we are really at a hinge moment in this country uh, to the point where, Congressman, we're talking about IRS agents, tens and tens of thousands of them with weapons. I mean, again, I get back to why. I mean, the IRS, they're the tax uh, arm of the U.S. government, a very fearsome government agency, along with the FBI. So now you have these two fearsome agencies 
most fearsome FBI and IRS literally weaponized against the American people. What are the pencil pushers at the IRS just doing tax enforcement? What do they need guns and military equipment for? Are they going to be showing up at your home like potentially an FBI agent would? I mean, what is going on where we are literally militarizing the IRS? That's the only reason why you need weapons if you're going to show up at somebody's house. You don't need it to protect the building because, Monica, ain't nobody trying to go to the Internal Revenue Service building. Everybody tries to stay away <laughs> No, the, the exact opposite. Are you kidding me? I ain't showing up. Please, I'm trying to stay away. <laughs> I like my money. I'm trying to keep my money. Their purpose is one thing and one thing only. I don't care how much money you make in America. The Democrats need every cent of it. Yes. Keep that in mind. Listen, there was, a, there was an amendment in the Senate that would have made sure that there were no audits on Americans making less than $200,000 a year. Every Democrat member of the United States Senate voted no on that amendment. That's all you need to know. Yes, and they need to squeeze every last penny out of every single American, including those earning $10,000 a year. So while they talk about millionaires and billionaires, that's nonsense. They could confiscate Mm -hmm. every millionaire and billionaire's wealth and all of their assets, Congressman, and that would fund the government for like a day. So this is not about that. This is about going where the real money is, which is middle class and working class and small businesses. And now, given that the IRS is now going to be armed, I mean, they are literally going to squeeze it out of you like organized crime. 100%. 100%. I totally agree with you, Monica. You are spot on. Listen, I, I know we're saying this and we're going into this in detail because it matters, folks. This is the real public policy that matters. I don't care about what they say on TV about they're fighting for the soul of America and all this other nonsense. Let me tell you this right now. Conservatives are fighting for the soul of America because this Democrat Party is crazy. They've lost it. They have lost sight of what has made America the greatest nation in the world. They want to turn us into a European-style government, which frankly has to bend the knee to the Russians to beg for oil and gas. We don't want America to go down that road. We want a strong America that stands on its own two feet, that gives so many levers of opportunity so everybody who comes to these shores legally can, can stand up, can work hard, and accomplish the American dream. As you have done, and this is why you're one of my favorites, Congressman, because you are the embodiment of the American dream. Uh, I know higher office is definitely in your future, uh, and you don't have to affirm that or not, but I I see you as president of the United States someday. You're really just that good. And I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning and for continuing the fight for the American dream and for the American people in your district and around the country. You're incredible. Listen, Monica, thanks for having me on. Great to be with everybody. Have a blessed day, okay? You too. God bless. Congressman Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida, Florida's 19th district. Follow him on Twitter at Byron Donalds. Okay, guys, time now for the end of the week email bag. Send me an email to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Dave sends a personal note. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Hi, happy warrior. Along with many other millions of people, I've enjoyed reading, watching, and listening to you over the years, and my views are very much in alignment with yours. And I recently found out that you knew my mother, Barbara. 
who used to coach authors who were scheduled to appear on TV talk shows to promote and discuss their books. Judging by your very successful TV career, she must have done a pretty good job. Dave, what a lovely note. I'm so happy to hear from you. And yes, your mother was amazing. Just to bring everybody else up to speed, when my first book about President Nixon was coming out, my publisher was Random House, and they were booking me on all of the top TV shows, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Larry King Live, Book Notes on C-SPAN, everything to sell the book. Because I had never been on TV before at that time, they hired Dave's mother, Barbara, who was a media coach, to give me some tips and some support as I was heading into these interviews. She was incredibly lovely and really knew her stuff, and I just so appreciated her assistance and friendship during that time. It meant the world to me. So Dave, I hope you are listening. Please give her my very best and thank her for me once again all these years later, and thank you to you for this great note. You made my day. Okay, if you send me an email, you might hear yours on the air. So send it to me, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. All right, that's it for me today. And that's going to wrap up another tumultuous week in Biden's America. Have a fantastic weekend. And I will see you right back here on Monday. Monday.